0: music, celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane.
1: Well, you know two of our favorite things here on the show are music and harmony. But our next guest names his two favorites is telling jokes and football. Kostaki Economopoulos has written for Bette Midler, Jay Leno, MTV, and BET. His podcast, Quick Snaps, is available on iTunes. Now, he joins us now to give you a rundown on some of the latest happenings, not at the Grammys, as you would expect on this show, (laughs) but the lowdown on the upcoming NFL season. Kostaki, Ikanamopoulos, the NFL, he's joining us. Welcome to the show, Kostaki.
0: Wow, I love that welcome.
1: Okay, now you (laughs) got to know how difficult it was to fit your name into a song.
0: I love that you did that. I want a (laughs) clip of that. I want to play that at the beginning of my stand-up show somewhere. That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) I'll send it to you. Beautiful. Okay, now before you give us a rundown on the latest happenings of the NFL, we need to get a few things out of the way, because we want to know how you first got into comedy and then why you focused on football.
0: Boy, those are both good questions. All right. Well, I, you know, stand-up-wise, it was just the only thing that I really loved when I was in high school. I, I had a wall of audio tapes, okay. all of them, Carlin and Robin Williams and mm-hmm. Bobcat Goldthwait, and I just loved stand-up comedy, I, especially with somebody like George Carlin. I loved it. It was almost like he would... Earned the right to tell the audience What he thought about the world By being funny enough to get the, get them to listen you
1: know? Uh-huh.
0: you know, the goal with comedy Is to be broad and accessible to everybody But also to really connect with some of the people Okay
1: Now when you write your stuff Does it come from your own personal experience And then you kind of broaden out Or how do you approach that?
0: Well, it's interesting Because I've kind of become You know, famous as a strong word But I'm kind of known for this NFL segment now, and then in my other creative universe, I'm a stand-up comic where I do some NFL jokes, but I'm also trying to talk more about me and what's happening in my life, and okay, yeah. I'm recently married, and I've been in a custody fight, and I've got a beautiful five-year-old daughter, and, okay. you know, so I'm, I'm talking about those kinds of things, too. The kid's name is Ava Ray Economopoulos, and her mom's already told her the Economopoulos is silent. <laughs> so, <laughs> So hopefully you, you have a little bit of real life in there right. as right. well. right?
1: So then how did you end up focusing on football? You know, it's
0: weird. I, I was doing a regular radio segment called the Economonologue, okay. and it was essentially a writing exercise. Every week I would take a subject and just go as far as I could, sort of from a stand-up perspective. Okay. So I would pick phobias or mm-hmm. uh, crazy sports traditions. Well, one time I did Dante's Inferno. I was like, all right, there's nine circles of hell, and that's the perfect number of bullet points for joke writing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I would just do this segment every week, okay. and I decided to develop a, an all-NFL version so that I could pitch it to sports radio. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happened along the way is I learned that sports radio is very hesitant about doing something that, that feels like entertainment content to them okay, because they're very serious they're very X's and O's they don't do entertainment you're doing sports it is entertainment that's the reason that we watch sports is to escape from real news right <laughs> that's true mm-hmm. so It's funny that I sort of developed it for sports radio, and sports radio has largely said, "Ah, it doesn't fit here. I I can't tell you how many times I pitched the segment to sports radio, and they said, we love this. This is really well done, but we don't do that. But I found giant success with it on mainstream morning kind of radio.
1: Okay. So, So actually a broader audience than you would have initially thought.
0: Absolutely. So it's interesting because I mean, people who don't know football still kind of know football, you know? Sure,
1: that that would be me.
0: Yeah, right. So you're a perfect test case of how accessible are these jokes? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's the range that you try to hit. You try to include you and also get the hardcore guys excited about it.
1: Right, so then when you do that, how far do you water it down? Or as the comic, as the person writing the jokes, how do you incorporate
0: Well, that's the delicate dance. Hopefully you have both in a segment. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say I'm doing 15 jokes in a segment. You want them to be broadly accessible. Some jokes a person of your level of interest won't get, but you'll get some of them. Uh And then at the other end of the spectrum, There'll be a handful that the hardcores will really love yeah. that, you know, people won't get at all. Uh-huh. You know, you want to have a little bit of both. I mean, that's the goal, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And to hopefully be smart. And it's okay to be boyish and to be original <laughs> Juvenile. and to be on topic. And <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of goals sort of in the same, you know, uh-huh. at the same time. They're uh-huh. not. It's hard to feed all the masters, you know. Right. But.
1: Kostaki Economopoulos, comedian who specializes in NFL humor. On the Mulberry Lane Show, you ask? Well, we found some common ground. Now you wrote for Bette Midler's tour.
0: Yeah, that was a fun one. Talk about that. You know, it's interesting. I've met Bette a couple different times along the path. Mostly I dealt with one of her writer characters. So my job would be they would lay out the tour, and they would send me the cities that she was going to, and I would write three, four, five pages on each city. Oh, interesting. And then mm-hmm. she would go through and pull out, cherry-pick one or two jokes, and so the show felt more local, you gotcha. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they worked really hard on the meat of the show, which I had nothing to do with. I just peppered along a few, like, topical sort of city-oriented things.
1: Now, in something like that, do you get paid per joke or per line, or how does that work?
0: That kind of thing varies wildly from gig to gig. Okay. In that case, I was paid per submission. You okay. know, I was like, hey, do these cities. We'll pay X amount, you know, for each one of these you send us. Okay. Uh, I used to write for the complete sheet, which is a prep service for radio stations. Oh, yeah. And in that case, I was paid for the jokes that they used. I see. You would work all day, send these jokes, and then later in the day when the thing came out, you would go count the jokes, like, yay, seven, you know. Uh, like,
1: right. Right.
0: So it varies from gig to gig. So
1: now, what would the compensation be for like seven jokes?
0: Well, when I was there, this was years ago. This is my first sort of regular writing job. Okay. It was $7 a joke, and they bumped it up to 10 while I was there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it definitely wasn't a full-time job. It was something I did while I was floating around.
1: So you would find out at the end of the day how much you got paid?
0: Yeah, it's so weird. You know? So
1: when you were writing the local city jokes for Bette Midler, did you have to kind of think of yourself as Bette Midler as you were writing them? Did you try to write in her voice?
0: You know, it's funny. I, I talked a lot with her head writer about that. He goes, you know what? I've worked with her for like so long. I'm good at that. You send good, ah. sharp, well-written premises and jokes, and I will morph them into her voice. Okay. okay. So in that case, I had a filter that did it for me. That's okay. Great. But, yes, usually that is the art that's part of the craft of what it is when you're writing for somebody else. Yeah. And I wrote for uh, Ricky Smiley, who was a host on BET. Okay. Okay. And that was a challenge for me because he and I come from completely different social (laughs) universes. Uh Uh-huh. But, again, he's a guy who could take a B-level joke and turn it into gold. Uh Okay. So it's kind of fun to write for someone who's a freakishly good performer. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I sent mm-hmm. some jokes to Jay Leno, and he would... Jay had weird tastes. He would sometimes pick a joke I barely typed in, you know. Okay. Uh, and there were other times when he really added so much to the line that wasn't there on the page. Okay. Uh-huh. That's the beauty of writing for somebody else.
1: And were there ever times when you would say, oh, I'll just leave that off, and then at the last minute you put it on, and that's the one that makes it?
0: Yes. The joke that I remember that, like that, uh, I forget which one, but Hannah or Barbera died. And he said, you know, the, the famous cartoonist passed away... Uh, ironically, an anvil fell on his head just stupid. like I barely even put it in I was embarrassed I even wrote that joke And he did it on the show And not only did it not work It got like a sea of groans and boos <laughs> From the audience Which is frankly about right um, And then there are other times when a joke You just know for sure It's so beautiful It's like shiny and you can't wait to send it and they don't pick it. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So that's the maddening part of being a writer. When you're a comic, you just do what you love. Yeah. And then the audience helps you kind of sort out what good is.
1: Uh huh. Well, right now on the Mulberry Lane Show, we're talking with comedian Kostaki Economopoulos. And he specializes in NFL humor. We'll lay it on us. We'll see. Oh, no, let's
0: if, do a few jokes.
1: We'll see if if, uh, if I get it over let's here.
0: See if they're acceptable <laughs> at all. Uh,
1: no, I'm on the one side of the spectrum. So.
0: Yeah, you are. All right, that's okay. Johnny Manziel is all the buzz now. He's a rookie, yes. right? He yes. came out of college. He was so good in college. And now he has the best-selling NFL jersey for the Browns, and he's not even—he's never even played. It's amazing. you got to really love a guy to buy a Brown jersey with a number two on it. That's commitment <laughs> to your guy right there. Hey, I got that one. You got that yeah. one? Good. They're they're hoping Manziel isn't a German word for Tebow. We'll see. (laughs) Right? Tebow had a similar kind of story arc of being amazing in college and maybe not so good later. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maurice Jones-Drew says London deserves an NFL franchise. Hey, so does Jacksonville. Am I right, everybody? You see, because Jacksonville has a franchise, but they're terrible.
1: Okay. Okay, Okay, that one was over my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> All right, here's what. RG3 refused. He's the quarterback for the Redskins, okay. right? He refused to comment on the Redskins' nickname. Weird for a guy with a wounded knee. Famously injured knee. History reference. Yep, very good. The Redskins' last good season was 1491, everybody. <laughs> you see where we're going here? So sometimes you do a historical thing, sometimes it's silly, sometimes there's a lot of off field things. Okay. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings coaching staff says Adrian Peterson might not play much in August. Also, the team won't be playing in January. Uh See, that's when the playoffs are. Right, right. I got that one, too. Let's close on this one. This one one you can follow. Okay. Okay. There's some talk of the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders, moving their team to San Antonio. That seems like an ambitious move. Last season, they could barely make it 200 yards a week. (laughs) It's going to take a while to get to Texas.
1: Okay, I got that one.
0: See, that's the goal. You're in the group, got you in there somewhere. You're on the Venn diagram.
1: Okay, (laughs) I made it in the (laughs) Venn.
0: You guys are great. This is a cool conversation. Well,
1: Kostaki, it's really fun to get to know you because we don't talk football much on this show.
0: I guess not, that's cool. (laughs)
1: And where can people find you?
0: You can find me at Kastaki.com. It has all the links to the podcast and the memes and the articles and the jokes. It's all there. Kastaki.com.
1: Great. All right.
0: Thanks for having me on. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Kastaki.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: Here with us today, that was comedian Kastaki Akademopoulos. And straight ahead, up-and-coming singer-songwriter Marie Miller. Stay here with us, why don't you? The Mulberry Lane Show.